Did you forget what I looked like? <laughs> or what I present myself as. So today's talk is called, Keep Your Mind Inward, Ignore the Distractions. I dare you. But really, I mean, there's so much that distract us. Even this beautiful fall we're having. You look out, or for many of us, we look out our window, and oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. We drive down the Merritt Parkway, and it's so beautiful. beautiful. But even that, we're making up a story about Oh, I love this. I love this. And then you see, see a dead animal. Oh, poor thing. And suddenly my, my beautiful fall has disappeared in favor of thinking about this dead animal on the side of the road. And then, oh, oh, and then there's an accident. Oh, how could they do that? And oh, and then there's flashing lights. And oh, there's, and it's just distraction after distraction after distraction from remembering my God self at the center of my being, my God self. We use so much to distract us. You know, who, who, you know, you're driving along. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I wonder if I locked the door. I, uh, you know, it's a, oh, I can't believe I weigh this much. Oh, 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 oh. oh what am I going to say? Church tomorrow. I can't believe David said that to me. And uh, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're driving around. Oh, I got to get to Macy's. I know they have something I want. And I don't know what it is, but I know they have something. And we're just, you know, I wish I had a nice tea. You know, they don't have lemons at Dunkin' Donuts. You know, that's all. And distraction after distraction after distraction after distraction. Third grade. Oh, I can't believe that happened in third grade. I loved third grade uh, that day. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's all. Uh, Oh, the things we can think about. My think, ah, oh, yeah, oh. And I could go on and on and on, clearly, and I have. And so to, to, to really, oh, the distractions that keep me from going inward, that keep me from going inward. And so much of those distractions is driving along, looking for the future, looking for a good future. I remember when I, I, I've won a few Mac Awards for lighting, but I, I think it was my third one that I won, that I was walking down the aisle to accept it and thinking, I wonder if I'll win next year. I hadn't said thank you yet. And I was wondering, because I had had 10 nominations where I did not win in a row. It was not pleasant. And as one friend, Scott Coulter used to say, winning never feels as good as losing feels bad. <laughs> And I and I kind of agreed with, especially with multiple, not multiple not losses, but multiple not winning. And uh, sorry, I was getting a little crooked there. And I, uh, and, but but to think to think of the future, imagining a brighter future and missing out on a glorious present because of distra <laughs> fuzzy, you know, distraction. <laughs> Just, oh look, squirrel! You know, it's uh, because of distractions uh, that that will take me away from this present, rather than realizing, oh, the present is a fuzzy flowing there, that, and that's not. I don't have to use that as a distraction. It's just the new thought that just came in, and then there's another new thought to treat it. All thoughts respectfully. 
rather than regretfully. And say, oh, oh, okay, this is where my focus is now. Do I want to keep my focus here now? Or would I prefer to create a new opportunity for thinking? I, I, this, this comes out of the cor uh, course, uh, course of Miracles. The distractions of the ego may seem to interfere with your learning, but the ego has no power to distract you unless you give it the power to do so. Well, we clear on this? Anybody disagree? Great. Okay. The ego's voice is, an is an, a, a hallucination. You cannot expect it to say, I am not real. You are not asked to dispel your hallucinations alone. You are merely asked to evaluate them in terms of their results to you. If you do not want them on the basis of loss of peace, they will be removed from your mind for you. Now, who is removing them from your mind for you? You are. The, everything has gone on. We are doing it for ourselves by changing our thought. I mean, it's very clear. If you are merely asked to evaluate your, your thoughts in terms of results to you, if you do not want them on the basis of loss of peace, they will be removed. So the, what that tells me is I'm choosing peace instead of the distraction. I'm choosing peace instead of my hallucinations. Yeah, and and I, I'm inclined, hey, come on in. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with this, that most of my life is, an, is a hallucination. That I, I, I'm making up, or at the very least, I'm making up my experience with it. I'm creating my experience, even as I said, driving down the merit, it's so beautiful. And yet I'm making that up because I have decided. You know, if as a child you were forced to rake leaves every week and abused through it, you might not like the leaves falling. I had an uncle. <laughs> I remember I, I had an aunt and uncle who, you know, we my brothers always made money when we had a big farm, or they did at least mowing the grass and everything. And I thought as I got older, I thought, well, I never, I've never mown a, mowed a lawn of grass. My brothers did that, and then we lived in an apartment. So, but I tried raking leaves from, from my aunt and uncle. That was one of the worst experiences ever. Did you know there's a right way and a wrong way to rake leaves? <laughs> yes, there is. And if my uncle were alive, he would tell you so. <laughs> At some point, I thought as long as they're no longer on the grass, what's the difference if they're in a big pile here? But no, Uncle Whitey had a way to do it. And I never raked leaves for them again after that day. And I, I was, we were at some spa somewhere. And I went to this psychic who was there, gave a massage and a psychic reading. And she said, there's a man here and he's holding a rake and he's laughing. <laughs> and I thought, Uncle Whitey just showed up. I don't think about him very often, but that day I did. But my point is... You may not like the leaves because of some unpleasant experience. You may not like the snow because of some unpleasant experience. The sun may be a distraction for you because of some unpleasant experience. Who knows? You know, cats are a distraction for some. Dogs are a distraction for others. Cows, what pigs, whatever, uh, are distractions. And if you decide they are, 
And I often decide on various things to be a distraction. From I cre- That's the moment I create rather than allowing the moment to be the moment. Anybody? Anybody do that? You understand what I'm saying here? And, and I, and so I, David and I did really well last night. I did go out in the street because people had a couple of big dogs, and I was wearing this. And I, I have seen my cats get a little upset if I have a hat on, a certain type of hat or a wig or something on. Not that I wear that stuff often, mostly Halloween. <laughs> but I remember one year, David and I went as what I called highlighters, and I had a huge day glow afro. Uh, and with day glow shirt and day glow. Overalls and they go they glow, they glow the, uh, shoes, and our dog, or our dog, our cat Cooper ran. He was not happy about that. I took it off. He was fine, but the wig on, he was he was not happy. So I I was a little concerned, but I was not concerned about anything else jumping out at us in the street. I thought, oh, this is, and I noticed it, and but I wasn't really cautious. We just had a nice evening at someone's home in the city for a party and then came home and it was just a really easy evening without distractions. You know, everything we did, we did because we were present for it, to visit, to eat, to be what, to whatever, to enjoy the attention because yeah, I did get a lot of attention. And uh, as did David wore a multicolored top hat and matching vest that I had. So anyway, every, oh, I love this, this, yeah, I, I think I, the reason I, I enjoy Course in Miracles is because it uses rather punchy words to really take it home, and I do that too. And it says here, every response to the ego is a call to war, and war does deprive you of peace. Do you understand that? War deprives us of peace. Yet, in this war, there is no opponent. We're not battling anyone else. This is the reinterpretation of the reality of reality that you must make to secure peace, and the only one you need ever make. Those whom you perceive as opponents are part of your peace, which you are giving up by attacking them. So there. How can you have what you give up? You share to have, but you do not give it up yourself. When you give up peace, you are excluding yourself from it. You know, when I'm focused on tomorrow and yesterday, I'm I'm giving up peace. I'm giving up my joy. I'm overlooking love. I'm just overlooking my God self. So, this is a condition so alien to the kingdom that you cannot understand the state that prevails within it. Does all that make sense? Does it, do you resonate with that? Anybody not resonate with that? Yes. When you give up peace, you're excluding yourself from it. And this is a condition so alien to the kingdom, kingdom of heaven, that you cannot understand the state that prevails within it. You know, we, are, we want the kingdom of heaven, which includes peace and love and joy and everything, but we've just given up. And so we're in confusion. We're just lost. It's like, wait a minute. I thought I, I was promised a lot of other stuff. Where is the good that I was promised? Where is it? Well, it's over there where I left peace. 
It's over there. It's, it's at home. It's in the trunk of the car. It's in the next car over, driving down, beside, racing down the road beside me. That's where my peace went with that other driver down the road that I'm mad at. It's with my parents, who I've been mad at for how many years? I mean, it's with this one, and it's with that one. And it's, you know, it's, oh, it's all over, my piece is all over the place. Until I decide to go and gather it back. Excuse me, <laughs> knock on the car window. I'm going to take my piece back now, please. <laughs> Drive on. Just ride like the wind. But I'm taking my piece back. You don't deserve it. You deserve your own peace. You don't deserve mine. Well, that's good, isn't it? We'll have to use that. You don't deserve my peace. But you deserve your own. So I'm taking mine back. Oh, in the grocery store, how handy that can come in. To realize... How down the aisle, I'm giving my piece here. I'm giving that cost too much. This one's got their cart going the wrong way. This one's doing this. This one's doing that. And the piece is just flying out of me and all splaying all over everybody else. David has a friend who, uh, who used to, of one celebrity. And their attorney said, when such and such is not happy, or if such and such doesn't get this, they will not be happy. And they are never unhappy alone. <laughs> are you the one who's never unhappy alone are you associated with someone who's never unhappy alone it's worth taking a look at let me get my mic stand let me get a beverage here too coming back people <laughs> going to read for us. This first one comes from the book of Luke, chapter 3, from the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament. And it says here, your willingness is, is the calling within you. This willingness is within everyone, resting patiently within the heart. Waiting for the day, it is asked to sing its song. Do you understand that now? Remember, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago. We have two experiences, willingness and resistance. We're always choosing one or the other. I've read this so many times, page 153 from this book, that passage. We have two experiences. It may seem like a lot more, but it's only two. Willingness or resistance. So, your willingness is the, is the calling within you. This willingness is within everyone, resting patiently within the heart, waiting for the day it is asked to sing its song. The song it sings is a calling, asking the one who hears its tune to follow it to a new way and a new day. John the Baptist is the symbol of this calling within all of us. Not yet fully the Christ, it is the voice within a split mind that calls to return to one mind, which is the Christ. For Christ is free of illusions and released from, from distractions, singularly focused on the willingness that is the will of God. Do we understand when he talks about the Christ here, or when the Holy Spirit talks about the Christ here, we're not talking about Jesus. We're talking about a consciousness that is fully united with its source. 
It is thought by many that Jesus united with his source, but that doesn't make him the Christ. His last name is not Christ. He is not. It's just like, what's, what's Buddha's? The one who embraced the Buddha. Siddhartha, yes. Gautama too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, thank you. He was not Buddha itself. Buddha is a consciousness. And we can embrace this consciousness as we choose willingness over and over and over again to continue to choose willingness. What distracts you from the singular thought of God? Distractions take many forms. They may seem to be positive or negative distractions. They may seem to be problems you face or pleasures you enjoy. But if you keep your thoughts away from the singular thought of God, they are distractions for you. Do not feel guilty about your distractions, for distractions cause no loss in the will of God. God's will is truth, and so it remains always true. Distractions can have no effect on it. Distractions only distract you from what is true. Uh, so that your focus is on distractions, which distract you from the awareness of truth. Yeah, it, it, this, is, this is hard stuff because, you know, we're taught to desire prosperity. We're taught to accept prosperity. We are taught to, to thrive and to grow. And so we imagine, we begin to use our imagination towards uh, winning a lottery, towards getting a raise, towards opening a business, towards whatever, which is all fine in and of itself. We are not judged by spirit for that. However, when we get to a certain point of imagining it, we start to go off into a new place and leave God out of it. And that's, you know, how often do we imagine winning the lottery and then saying, God, how will you be a part of my winnings? How will you play into this? And that's not something to go out and say today so you can go win and then forget about God. God will not be wooed by your romantic language. <laughs> God is God. Go play the lottery if you want. Why not? It's worth a lot of money. And you heard it here, so tithe. <laughs> how, much, how many times do I have to teach that? Oh, God, I will tithe if I win the lottery. Oh, I didn't win, so I'm not going to tithe on anything. So do not feel guilty about your distractions, for distractions cause no loss in the will of God. God's will is truth, and so it remains always true. Distractions can have no effect on it. Distractions only distract you from what is true, so that your focus is on distractions which distract you from the awareness of truth. But then the awkward willingness within comes and it calls you to turn away from distractions it calls you to return your mind fully to the awareness of truth in this calling your distraction distractions can serve the purpose of truth for all things given to your willingness will be used by your willingness to further awaken the call within you this will continue until your distractions are no more and you are fully awake to the singular thought of god without distraction of any kind is written the book in, in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough way smooth, for all mankind will seek God's salvation. 
So if then, if we go over to Matthew here, it says, listen, the truth is calling you. And the truth is not of this world. I've already told you that you are free to give what is to Caesar's. Caesar's, yeah, to Caesar's to Give what is Caesar's to Caesar. We know that from the Bible. Do we all know that? You know, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Render unto God what is God's. Discern the difference. This means you're free to live in the world and do as you need to do while you live in the world. Do not feel guilty for paying taxes, for obeying laws, raising children, or for doing any of the things that the world requires. But do not get lost in these things either. The world is but a distraction, and it distracts you from heaven. So you must live in the world, but not be of the world. You do this by doing all things for me, meaning spirit, by giving all things the purpose of heaven. In this way, all things can be used to lead you to me, and I will show you how to use them. So live in your world, but do not be distracted by it. I hope, I hope we all take the time to remember this stuff when we leave here today, to, to seek to practice it. So what is the inner voice? That inner voice that speaks to us and through us. Do you all hear a voice like I do? I hear a voice that guides me. There is a wonderful voice, and it says, Sean, do this today. Sean, go back there and apologize. Sean, go, you know, do whatever it happens to be. I hear that voice all the time. Sean, journal today. Sean, meditate now wherever you happen to be, because there's ways always to meditate wherever you happen to be. You know, there, do just seek the, the next highest place and kick it up. I hear the voice all the time. Go up and tell David you love him. I hear that. I, you know, there are different things. Go say thank you here. Sean, go sit quietly in your office. And, and it's not telling me this conditionally. I have invited that voice to speak to me, and I hear it. I hear it frequently. And uh, throughout the day, it just guides me down aisles and stores. It guides me, except when I say, oh, no, that's not possible. And it is. It's always possible. So the inner voice is the impression of the ideas of the supreme mind, converted by the receptive consciousness into thoughts and words, or words. So how does... Um, Sorry. What are the essentials necessary in order that one may hear the inner voice? Receptivity to spirit. Obedience. Fearlessness and candor are essentials necessary to invite communion with the inner voice. Samuel, uh, metaphysically interpreted, means inner voice in the Bible there. And uh, then the child Samuel symbolizes the innocence and trust established in the consciousness of one born of the Spirit. And finally, the question here is, what is the condition necessary to invite continual inflow of spiritual inspiration? The mind must be poised in spiritual understanding and centered in the one supreme mind. As man looks for inspiration and guidance, he will come to depend upon the one unfailing source for his, his not distraction, satisfaction. So, as we go through our day, and you know, we're already well into our day today, look for the voice, listen for the voice, ask 
the voice. It's not something separate from you. It's the highest part of you to speak to you and through you. If there's something you want to experience and do, ask that voice to tell you how it could be, how it could be possible so that you may place your faith and confidence in moving forward into what it is you'd like to experience today, this week, this month, that, that you need to start putting into the works today. And, and begin to look at that say, oh, this is what I want. Oh, this is what I want. Oh, this is what I Why would I want that? Well, there's a divine idea here telling me that I do. And I listen to the, and I, I can look back throughout my life and all the things I wanted to experience. When I was a kid and I would do odd things, like take the car and things, I, uh, it's all because I wanted to live in the bigness of life. And one of the things that every once in a while I could convince my best friend to do was to get up at five in the morning and she and I would just go out in the neighborhood and walk around and be like we might at two in the afternoon. The difference was nobody else was around. The neighborhood was ours. The town was ours. It's a small town. Uh, but I just wanted that feeling of freedom and independence. And that's what I wanted by driving the car at 12. That's what I wanted by smoking cigarettes. I didn't always go to the healthiest places to experience the bigness of life, but I always wanted to experience the bigness of life, without the fear the adults around me seem to have about it, and without the burden of worrying. And, and so that kind of thing, and I still like the idea of experience the bigness of life. There, there are certain things now that, you know, I, I guess I'm limiting myself with my thought, that physically I don't feel that I can do. But nevertheless, what's the equivalent? to that for me, where I currently stand or where I currently sit. What is the bigness of life to walk through and not worry or concern myself with what somebody else might think about me? That I am free, I am unlimited. There are no chains that bind me. I'm Sean. And Sean is a very good thing to be. But I'm not limited by that name. I am spirit being me. And I'm not limited by that. I am everything. I am all. Until I think I'm not. So let's move forward, everybody, into the next right thought. And the next right thought, continually asking Spirit at the center of our being to remind us over and over and over again of the good that we are and how am I going to express it today? Thank you. <laughs>